Isaiah chapter 9, and then when you get there, if you'll put something there and find Luke chapter 2 as well. Isaiah chapter number 9 will begin, and also then we'll go to Luke, Luke chapter number 2 here this evening. I want to uh, look at Isaiah chapter number 9, just read one verse there in Isaiah chapter 9. And then we'll look over to Luke chapter 2. The Bible says this in verse number 6 of Isaiah 9. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want to read through those one more time. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Who's Isaiah prophesying about there? Say it nice and loud. Who's he prophesying? Jesus. He's prophesying about Christ. For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. Wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Luke chapter number 2, if you'd turn there with me, just flip over there, the New Testament, Luke chapter 2, and we're going to find the scripture's account of when that son was born. Luke chapter number two and verse number eight, the Bible says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. These five names in the book of Isaiah, in Isaiah 9, these names given to Christ by Isaiah and his prophecy, they're not just repetitious. They all mean something different. Isaiah is giving us five different attributes of his character here in in, 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 uh, Isaiah chapter 9. One, the God in flesh, the miracle worker. He says one is wonderful. He's the awesome one, the God in flesh, the miracle worker. As counselor, as counselor, he advises us of all things that are right and best. These are all things. These are attributes of Christ. He's, our, he's wonderful. He's counselor. He's mighty God. He's the divine one, very God. And uh, he's the very God. He, he is the deity. Jesus Christ is God. We looked this morning at the, the virgin birth, and, and uh, those, those doctrines are very important. Jesus Christ is God. That's the, the deity of Christ. We believe that as Bible believers, we believe one of the fundamentals of the faith is the fact that Jesus is God. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. If Jesus was not God, then his payment for our sins could not be sufficient. It would, we'd be hopeless, but he is God. And we find this in Isaiah chapter 9. He is counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's our provider. He's our protector. Everything a good father is, God is. And we find this as well. He, the Bible says this. He's the prince of peace. He gives divine calm to those who trust him. This time of year for Christians, it ought to be a time where we reflect upon Jesus Christ and God and what he's done for us. 
But you know, for many of people, this is a time of year of stress. It's a time of year where we, we count the days down. How many of you, I won't ask you to raise your hand, but how many of you are already feeling stressed about the fact that Christmas is only four weeks away? Someone said that to me today. They said, you realize Christmas is only four weeks away from today? Like, I needed to panic or something. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do. I said, I did. I realized that. You know, we, if we're not careful, we can get into a stress mode. We can get ourselves in, in debt. We can get ourselves to the place where we're lacking peace in our lives. And this is a time where we as Christians are to celebrate Celebrate the fact that God loved us and he gave us his son. You know what he gave us? He gave us exactly what Isaiah here prophesied. He gave us the wonderful, the counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. That is the gift that we get and that we celebrate as we celebrate this Christmas season. And we find here there's a promise of peace. I want to look at that last one here this evening and the prince of peace. Our world has so little real peace, doesn't it? The, the sad thing is, if we are trying to find peace in something other than Jesus Christ, we're going we're gonna to find ourselves wanting and helpless. The world tries to offer peace. The world talks about peace. But the reality is this. There is real little peace you can find if you're looking for it into this world. When Isaiah, when Isaiah spoke of this prophecy 2,800 or so years ago, his nation was threatened by destruction. There was rumblings of war. There was rumblings of, of defeat. And, and slavery were heard there in Israel. There was going to be a, a time, not of peace that was coming, but a time of war and a time where they were going, going to go into bondage. And so here Isaiah and those in Isaiah's time, they were looking for this promise of peace. In Isaiah verse, uh, 9, verse number 2, the people that says this, the, the people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath the light shined. And so uh, 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 Isaiah is prophesying of this great peace that's going to come, knowing this, that destruction and war was, was going to happen there in Israel. And they asked where this light was, and, and, the, and the Bible says, Unto us a child is born, unto uh, us a son is given, and his name shall be called. Went through four and came to the last one, the Prince of Peace. And that Hebrew word there for peace is shalom, which uh, uh, meaning this, it, it means literally peace, peace unto you. And so I want to just look at this thought of peace. We find, we find that Isaiah prophesied, he promised peace. Leviticus 26, 6 says this, I will give peace in the land and ye shall lie down and none shall make you afraid. It goes on to say this in Psalm 29, 11, I, uh, the Lord will bless his people with peace. And so we find that there's been a promise of peace since the psalmist and back to the, the book of Isaiah. He announced this peace, and as they were talking about this peace, they were prophesying that this peace would come, but it was only going to come through Jesus Christ. Isaiah was not prophesying and promising a peace outside of Christ. He was promising a peace that would come through Jesus Christ. And so this was the promise, the promise that was, was, uh, was given, this promise of peace. 
We find in Luke chapter 2, if we were to go from the Old Testament to Isaiah, he's promising this peace. In Luke chapter 2, we find this, the promise is fulfilled. The promise of peace that Isaiah prophesied about was fulfilled in Luke chapter 2 when Jesus Christ was born. I want you to find with me again in Luke chapter 2. Just turn over there and I want to look in verse number 8. The Bible says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, think about this night in old Judea. The shepherds, they've kind of hunkered down. They've built their fire. They're, they're getting ready to just huddle in for the night. And the sheep are there accounted for. And, and the shepherds are there. And they're keeping watch over this flock, not even thinking at all that what was about to happen could happen to them. If there was going to be an announcement about a king being born, it wouldn't be the shepherds that the, the angels would come to or that someone would come to and, and, and let them know. The, the shepherds were looked down upon. The shepherds weren't those of wealth and, and weren't those that, that had any kind of uh, prestigiousness in the, in the community there. They were just lowly shepherds. They weren't those that you would think would hear that this promise has been fulfilled. They were there in their, in their fields, the Bible says, and, and they were nobodies in their day. These were forgotten men. No one really cared for the shepherds. They were just out doing their, their job that evening. And it's interesting to me, as I think about Luke chapter 2, who the angels went and told. It wasn't that the angel showed up at the palace and said to the king that the Savior was born. It wasn't that the angel showed up to the, to the rich and the famous and the popular that day or the religious crowd of that day. He went to the, the forgotten. The, the angels went to those that had been forgotten, those that were of low esteem. He went to, the, to those that, that weren't, much, weren't known much around the people, but the angel went to them. You know what I find in Luke chapter 2? That God cares even about the common person. Isn't that interesting to you? He cares about the lowly person. He cares about that comedy. He cares about those in society that are forgotten. You know what? I believe this. There's a, a, good, a good thing that we could find here in Luke chapter 2 that, that God cares about the forgotten. God cares about the lowly. God cares about the outcast. God cares about the ones that nobody else cares about. Those God do, does care about. And it's interesting that when the promise was going to be fulfilled, they went to the shepherds and fulfilled the promise there. The Bible says in 1 Peter 5, 5, he giveth grace to the humble. In, in Luke chapter 2, in verse number 13, we find not only was the promise fulfilled while the shepherds watched, we also find that the promise was fulfilled while the angels sang. Suddenly the, the darkness, imagine that evening where the shepherds were there just huddled down and hunkered down with the sheep and, and waiting for the evening to pass. And in the middle of that evening, there was a great light that shone about them and, 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 and all of a sudden darkness became midday. Have you ever, how many of you ever been to New York City in the middle of the night there on, on uh, besides the, the Velasquez's, uh, there in, in, in uh, Times Square, 
I'll never forget my first time there. We went on a missions trip, my wife and I, and, and uh, we helped start a church there in, in uh, Manhattan. And, and so the guy that we were with there, we had a group of people there, and they said, let's go to, let's go to Times Square. And it was after midnight. And I actually, we said, why are we going to go after midnight? Can anything possibly be going on? And I'll never forget, we got on that subway and we rode down to Times Square. We got out of that subway and it was like pitch dark everywhere else in the world. But it was so lit up right there. And I learned now why they call it the city that never sleeps because it was like as busy and as bright as midday. Could you imagine just there at night, total black, and all of a sudden it is as bright as midday. I mean, it is just bright. These angels show up and they begin to tell you about the good news of Jesus Christ. They begin to tell you that back in Isaiah when this prophecy was given that there's going to be a savior, there's going to be the, the one that we can trust in, there's going to be a Messiah. Could you imagine there as the, the angels begin to, to prophesy, begin to sing, begin to tell here the shepherds about Jesus Christ, that what they heard about, maybe as they were young kids, that a savior was going to come, that it was that very evening that Jesus Christ was born. And they were given this invitation to come see Jesus Christ. The Bible says the angel of the Lord appeared and said this, Fear not, for behold, I give you good tidings of great joy. I'm sure, I'm sure those, those uh, shepherds there were, were afraid. I'm sure they had no idea what was going on. And the angel just started out, says, Fear not, I, I've got something great I need to tell you. Don't be afraid of what you see. Don't be afraid of what you hear. Some great tidings, some great joy. What Isaiah prophesied that a Savior was going to come, it's happening this evening. It's happening tonight. And you are the first to hear that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is going to be born. He goes on to say, The angel for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, peace, goodwill toward men. We find here that the promise was given that there would be peace. And we find here that the prophecy was fulfilled. And the angel says, there's going to be peace. We find that the shepherds, then they go to this manger, and I want you to think through with me, if you would, please. I know we see this every year, but I hope we don't let this being a familiar story allow us to, to, to not really understand what we can receive and get every year from this, from this passage of Scripture. Here the shepherds are coming to this, coming to this place where Jesus is born. They're thinking this, the angel tells them that, that good tidings of great joy, glory to God on the highest, on earth peace, and they're thinking about this thought of peace. You know, in the shepherd's day, there wasn't peace in their land. There was a foreign government that, that was controlling them. There wasn't peace there. And so they find, just like today, as we're looking for peace, they were looking for peace. Just as Isaiah was looking for peace, for generations now, mankind has been looking and anticipating peace. And we find here that as the shepherds are going here to see this baby Jesus that the angels just told was there, they're thinking on their mind that there's peace. When you think of peace, I'm sure the, uh, uh, the shepherds were thinking this, no more war. 
No more hate. No more killing. No more, no more Roman soldiers in the land. There's finally going to be peace because this night the angel said that this prophecy was going to be fulfilled. As they walked up to this manger scene and they saw the baby Jesus, the shepherds tell Mary and Joseph what they heard from the angels in, in this prophecy of peace. But as this prophecy, as this promise was fulfilled, the, the shepherds watched it, the angels told about it. The reality is this, as months passed by, the whole countryside was still, was still in a stir because Roman soldiers still occupied the land. There wasn't peace. Think about this, remember as the as the wise men came to, to Herod that, that night and said there's a king born, Herod said, go find out where this child is and come back and tell me so I can come worship him as well. And, and uh, we find after that that God tells the, the uh, 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 wise men to go a different way. And, and then we find in Matthew chapter uh, number two in Ramah, there was a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. We find this, that, that Herod Herod sends out, he sends out soldiers and any child that was born of two, two years of age and down, they were killed. And as the prophecy was promised, as the prophecy was fulfilled, as the shepherds were looking for this peace, as those in Israel and Jerusalem were looking for this peace, we find this, that there was no peace. Killing was happening. The slaying began. These children were murdered. Peace was wanted, but it wasn't here. The poet Longfellow, he wrote this, and to despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. And some would ask this, did God, did God lie? The shepherds may have asked this, did God lie? Isaiah could say this, the peace that was promised, it didn't come in his lifetime. And the shepherds could say this, the peace that was promised didn't come there as they thought it should. And, and all through these generations, we find where is this peace that's been promised? I want you to see this evening the Messiah's peace. Jesus in his truth is in truth the true Prince of Peace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to submit to you this evening that peace only comes with God through Jesus Christ. Isaiah did not lie when he prophesied about the Prince of Peace. And, and God did not lie when the angels came and told the, told the shepherds that there was going to be peace. There is going to be peace, but that peace can only come through God uh, with God through Jesus Christ. We find this, that the peace, there's peace with God, and then we also find the peace of God. Not only does Jesus give us peace with God, but this evening I want you to understand that, that we as Christians, we have the peace of God. In Philippians 4, 7, the Bible says this, and the peace of God which, which passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace that mankind has always been looking for, 
That peace can only come through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Christian, that is why it's so important for us as a child of God, if you're saved this evening, it is so important for us as we go through this Christmas season that we represent this peace properly. So many Christians get bogged down with so many things. So many Christians get bogged down with with stress and trials of this world that they fail to realize that it is our responsibility to share this peace as Isaiah shared the, the, the prophecy of peace with those in his day as the shepherds heard about the peace that was going to come through Jesus Christ. I believe this, it's our responsibility as children of God to share that peace with the world that needs to know who Jesus Christ is. There's peace, but that peace only comes through Christ. That peace that comes through Christ, if you're a child of God, you ought to have that peace this evening. Some might ask this, how can I find this peace? And this peace of God doesn't come through, the, through, through worldly possessions. This peace of God doesn't come through the world of men. This peace of God only comes through Jesus Christ. I was listening and watching and about a pretty well-known televangelist. He's got a large church and a big author of books and talking about this prosperity gospel. Peace doesn't come just because you have wealth. Peace doesn't come because all of your needs are met in your life. Peace doesn't come because everything you want, you have. Peace doesn't come because, because uh, uh, there's no sickness and there's no pain and there's no heartache. Do you realize this? Peace that God gives can come even when all of the finances don't seem to meet. Peace that we have comes even when the doctor gives us news that we don't want to hear. Peace comes in our life as Christians when life doesn't go as we thought it should. We saw this morning as Joseph, he had his life all planned out. The reason why he could have peace is because he was trusting in the one that gives peace. No matter what you're going through in life this Christmas season, I pray that you have peace and that peace only comes by a relationship with God. Here we find the prophecy, we find it fulfilled, and we find a place where there is no peace. How do we find this? The Bible says this in Isaiah 26.3, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You know, as I think of that verse in Isaiah, this perfect peace, where does it come? It comes whose mind is stayed upon thee. I want to challenge you this evening as we begin this Christmas season, as we are looking forward to this month coming, don't let it be a month full of stress. Don't let it be a month full of exhaustion. Don't let it be a month that it takes you then 11 months to get out of the debt that, that you got in this one month. Don't let it be a month where it's all about me and, 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 and what I have to do and where I have to go. And I can't wait till this month is over just so that I can get through this month because so much stress is in this month. Let this be a month of peace. But it starts with a right thought process. He says this in Isaiah 26, 3, how can I find this peace? It comes, it comes, this perfect peace comes whose mind is stayed on thee. 
It comes by having a proper view. It comes with having a proper mindset. It comes with having a proper understanding of God in who he is. Don't let this be a season of year where you get so stressed out that you can't even enjoy celebrating the birth of our Savior. Don't let this be a time of year where so much has to get done that the one that we truly worship is the last one that we worship. Let this be a time of year of of peace. You know, maybe there's some relationships that need to be restored. Let this be a time of peace. How can I restore these broken relationships? I can restore them because one gives perfect peace. Who does he give it to whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee? Maybe this is a year for some that need to bring peace back in their home because of broken relationships, because of stress, and because of fighting, and because of mistakes, and because of trials and burdens that you've been in in the past. Maybe this needs to be the year where you come back to actually having peace as a child of God. Maybe there's broken relationships that need to find peace. That peace can come to those who trusteth in thee. Maybe there's some some habits. Maybe there's some things that you need to, to look past and look toward and say, I can have peace. I don't have to depend upon worldly things. I don't have to depend upon addictions. I don't have to depend upon uh, a lust of my flesh anymore to try to find peace. I can actually find peace as long as my mind is stayed upon thee. I want to challenge us this evening. As the Christmas season begins, keep your mind upon God. Keep it upon Him. Decide tonight in your mind and your heart that you're going to make the true meaning of Christmas your desire this year, and that's Jesus Christ. Decide this evening that you are not going to get into the stress and into all of the anxiety that comes around this time of year, but you're going to simply keep your mind stayed upon him. Focus on him. Rely upon him. Trust him. Find encouragement from him. Find safety in him. Find rest in him. Find peace in him. That phrase there is so important in, in Isaiah chapter 26 because he trust, trusteth in thee. Those words, I believe, contain, contain that secret to possession of this peace. It's the person who trusts his life to God. It's the person who trusts their time, their finances, their possessions, It's the one that says, God, this is my life, and I'm giving it to you. In whatever you desire from me during this season, I want to be obedient to you. I'm not looking to gain. I'm not looking to get. I'm not looking to, 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 to find peace in things. Peace comes with just finding rest in him. You know what I think many of us need to do this Christmas season? Slow down long enough to find God. 
You know, I find so many people that get so stressed out before Christmas even begins. And that when it's over, they're depressed. I didn't have time to do this. I didn't get this. I didn't do this. I didn't go there. I had so much to do and I just felt like it didn't get done. I want to ask us as children of God this evening, as as his children, as believers in Christ, let's just stop and keep our mind upon him. Have you worshiped him? Have you given praise to him? Do you have a thankful heart to him? Instead of wanting more, thinking that's going to satisfy, what if we just stopped and thanked God for what we had? Stop and thank God long enough for your marriage. Matter of fact, if you're married and you're sitting next to your spouse, only if it's your spouse, not if it's someone else, I want you to look at him right now and just look at him and say, I love you. Doesn't that sound nice? Some of you didn't do it. I watch you. Some of you just... I meant what I said before we came to church. (laughs) Sometimes we just need to stop and appreciate what God has given us. Sometimes we just need to stop and appreciate the children God's given us. Sometimes we need to just stop and appreciate the job God's given us. I think sometimes we just need to stop and appreciate the church that God's given us. We can get so busy in life that we miss out on the peace that God wants to give us. He's blessed you. He's blessed you with the one sitting next to you. He's blessed you with those children this evening. He's blessed you with your job. He's blessed you with your church. He's blessed you. If we're lacking peace, it's not because God's not giving it. We're lacking peace because our mind isn't stayed upon Him. Our mind is rushing so many different places. Our mind is rushing in so many different directions. And we think that by by fulfilling and going all those places that our mind can take us, that that one day we're going to have peace only to find further frustration. Peace was promised. Peace was given. And we have that peace with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. There is no reason for any child of God to go through this season of Christmas, uh, uh, this next month, and for us to be so stressed. It is time for us to rely upon him. The peace of God, it's really a gift of himself. Paul wrote to the Ephesians this. He said this in Ephesians 2.14, for he is our peace. God is our peace. No matter what trial, no matter what burden, no matter what you're experiencing this evening, God is your peace. Peace on earth. It means... Our mind is focused on the right thing. I was encouraged this morning. I mentioned about our Christmas tracks and left out of here this morning and looked at the track racks and the majority of the Christmas tracks were gone. I'll tell you, I don't know why that excites me so Well, I know why it excites me, but I get excited when on Sunday we leave and we got to fill the track racks up on Monday. 
We had to fill the track racks up this afternoon. What you're doing is you're taking and you can give someone the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the solution to a stressed out, unfulfilled world. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you're saved this evening, there's no excuse for us not to have peace. The promise was given, we are sinners and we can't save ourselves. And Isaiah prophesied that a savior was going to come. There was a prophecy that was given and then Luke tells us this, the prophecy was fulfilled. <laughs> there's peace. Listen, we don't have to look to the Savior hoping that he comes. We look to the cross knowing that he did come. And we have peace this year. We don't have to anticipate a child being born. That child was already born. He died. He went to the cross. He shed his blood. He made the payment for your sin. And you, because of Jesus Christ, you can have peace with God this year. Isn't that wonderful? Christian, we ought to leave here this evening excited, anticipating. I can't wait to share that good news with someone that needs that peace. But you can choose. You either are going to leave here this evening stressed and burdened. You're going to go through this month uh, uh, frustrated and discouraged and, and wondering if you got it all together. Or you can decide this evening that, I, that, that thou, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. What is our choice this evening? I think Thursday. Is it Thursday, December 1st starts? So as we look forward to the Christmas in four weeks, four weeks from today, are you going to have peace? Are we going to go through the same as we've always gone? Or are we going to find peace that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee? Where is your mind this evening? Is it on Christ? Or is it on your problems? Is it upon him? Or is it on the situations that you have no control over? Is your mind upon him or all the things that you have to do? Is your mind upon him or everything we want? True peace. True peace only comes when our mind is stayed upon him. I challenge you tonight is where's your mind? Is it stayed upon him?